Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to your number one podcast. I am Carly. And I am Charlie. And we are your most favorite hosts of Coast to Ghost. And you're just your most favorite hosts of all the podcasts you listen to. Oh, yeah. Forget about the morbid girls. We're here to stay. Right. <laughs> I'm kidding. I love them. Right. Um, loves of my life. But, you know. <laughs> But, like, we know secretly we're your favorites, so yeah. it's okay. It's okay. You can admit it. That's you can admit here. it in a Apple podcast review. Yeah. Give us five stars. <laughs> you can comment and just be like, you guys are my favorite. Oh, my God. You just, guys are just, so fun. But only if you are going to give us five stars, rate us. If you're not, like, don't worry about yeah, it. Yeah, no. I, don't worry your pretty little head. You don't, It's okay. It's okay, buddy. <laughs> don't you worry your pretty little mind. People that... Oh, we're going to get copyrighted. Yeah, but what is that from? Taylor Swift. <laughs> Taylor Swift. Okay. Yes, I knew that. Totally. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, come on. Did you go see the uh, the Eras tour? Like no, the movie? I, ha- I didn't see the concert and I haven't seen the movie. I do want to see. I, since I didn't go see the concert, I do kind of want to go see the movie. I feel like they probably should have. Like, I know why they didn't. Um, because it takes a lot of work and like production, but maybe they could have like avoided a lot of headaches if they released this earlier. Other than like people fighting for tickets, like and blood yeah. being drawn. Now she did announce some tour dates in Toronto next November. Mm. So like maybe that would be cool. I would love to see Taylor but- Swift, but she's not like like I wouldn't freak out about it you know like i'd be happy and i'd love to like enjoy the experience of the concert but i i don't think Wait, i would that's like the thing. it's an experience yeah it's an experience and i feel like people who enjoy taylor swift more than i do should have that experience right 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 like i i love taylor swift i wouldn't call myself a swifty like i listen to her music on the reg but i'm not Same. a swifty like i don't i don't really know much about yeah. her personal life honestly who Other is your artist Travis that Kelsey. you would like freak the fuck out about oh well like simple plan is my favorite band amazing i don't think i've ever heard of them punk girly um the song that you probably the two songs that you probably know by them one is i'm just a kid oh straight up okay and what's new scooby-doo we're coming (laughs) i mean you know i'm gonna know that one obviously (laughs) Um, them, they're, they're like my number one favorite band ever, so. Yeah, they're, like, I mean, they one, sound good. I like their pop punk style from what I've heard. Um, and then also the DJ's Loud Luxury. <sighs> Body, I'm losing them. <laughs> I cannot take you seriously right now. <laughs> it's fun. No, I enjoy I it. I love them. It's totally them. fine. Loud Luxury, if you're listening, or Simple Plan, if you're listening, like, love you guys amazing hearts how about you <laughs> um so i feel like the obvious answer for me is Haley steinfeld but she mm-hmm. is an mm-hmm. actor first and a singer second in my mind there are some people who only know mm-hmm. her music and some people who only know her acting i know both so um my biggest regret is she used to open for charlie puth I fucking hate Charlie Puth. There's no way. Like, there's no reason for me I, to go see him. So I didn't pay for it, but she hasn't gone on tour since. And now she's, like, in Marvel. And I'm just like, girl, go on one more tour like you so missed, I can kiss you your forehead. You missed your chance, maybe. Yeah. 
literally, I did miss my chance. But, I mean, practically, I like her music. But I think the people I'd want to see in concert the most is uh, Mainskin. I think I said that correctly. They are performance gods. And mm. I think it would just be a really hype concert to, like, go to, you know? Okay. Yeah. I'd also, like, I also really want to see ABBA. Oh, my God. ABBA would be amazing. And I think I want to see the Bare Naked Ladies. Also amazing. Yeah. I've only been to three yeah. concerts in my lifetime. So oh, not me. You know. Not me. Who is your first concert? Sam Smith. Oh, cute. <laughs> yeah, unless you want to count, like, those little concerts that they used to throw on Myrtle Beach that, like, was on a grass plot. And it was people that just, like... They were famous, but they, like, uh, let me explain. Jordan Sparks. I saw Jordan Sparks in the park one time, <sighs> and Drake Bell opened for her. So, I mean, I guess that's, like, <gasps> Oh, my God. My I saw Drake concert. Bell once, too. I saw Drake Bell once, too. Did you? Yes. Was yes, it in prison? He... <laughs> it was not in prison. This was, like, at a ripe 2000, in the 2000s. So, growing up in Canada, we didn't have Disney Channel. We had Family Channel. Hmm. Um, and so, um, a lot of, like, the Nickelodeon and Disney Channel shows were shown on Family Channel. Okay. Um, so, they had a family fun fest. So, like, different stars from the different Disney Channel shows and the Nickelodeon shows sang at this concert. That's literally the same thing. Yeah. I mean, I think we both had the same experience, just in different... Mm -hmm. But that was not my first concert. Well, who was your first? Hilary Duff. Are you kidding me? That's iconic. That's amazing. That <laughs> yeah. is camp. <laughs> yeah, great. I remember making signs and stuff, too. Oh, way better than Sam Smith. Sam Smith was good. Don't get me wrong. Sam Smith's but. pretty cool. Yeah, really, really cool. They had uh, a lot of confetti. Every concert I've been to that wasn't in the park is um, kind of massively big. Like, I saw Imagine Dragons last right. year, and they shot oh, sure fireworks cool. into the sky. Oh. I was like, dog! Like, have you seen Have you seen videos of Pink's concert where she, like, l literally flies? Would absolutely <laughs> lose my shit. And I know you would lose your shit, too. Like, there's yeah. no oh way. God. I can't comment. My down. aunt has seen her in concert a couple times, and she said she's phenomenal. I, I'm sure she is. I just, like, mm -hmm. if she spun in front of my face i <coughs> would not be able to handle it <laughs> <laughs> all right now we talked about concerts for seven minutes <laughs> <laughs> let's i'll get into our morbid curiosity um i think when we broke the streak i think we did last too. time yes so let's try to start a new one okay well okay <laughs> what is a cryonaut a, a cryogenically frozen body. B, a body sent into outer space. D, a deceased astronaut. Or I think I said C. Wait, let me just start that over because I, I misread the alphabet. <laughs> what is a cryonaut? A, a cryogenically frozen body. B, a body sent into outer space. C, a deceased astronaut. Or D, a member of the League of Deceased Explorers. I kind of want to go with B just because I know we've talked about body farms before and I feel like that's something that they'd want to explore is like how space affects the body. It's 
a mm, I knew that totally frozen body. Really? Come on, I thought you got this one. Yeah. Well, no. Do is does that? I didn't Walt even know Disney, that technology cryonaut. existed. Walt Disney, a cryonaut. Are we sure? Yeah. Yeah, he's definitely underneath Disney. I've seen it. Whoa! Holy shit! You I have, have not the clearance. Seen it. I'm such a liar. <laughs> I'm such a liar. <laughs> okay. Jewelry containing the hair or ashes of the dead. Is it disturbing or touching? And would you wear such jewelry? Oh, fuck. I've told my grandmother's so, story on here before, haven't I? Do you, do you have jewelry with... I don't think you have. Um, This is something I will regret for my entire life. But um, there was definitely... My grandmother passed away when I was in fifth grade. I love and I miss her very much. Um, but my cousin, when we got her ashes back, uh, she made these really cute little lockets that had uh, my grandmother's ashes in them. Admittedly, I was a little freaked out about them. Um, uh, and I wore them to school one day and immediately, as soon as I got on the bus, I took it off and I put it in my backpack. Forgot about it. Um, end of the year, threw my backpack out. Um, so technically, I did throw my grandmother out, but <laughs> that was not my intent. Um, oh. yeah, it was literally like such a minuscule amount of ashes that like, in retrospect, I don't think it would have like had any consequences. But sometimes I think about that and I'm like, damn. I really just threw my grandmother out. And the bad thing about that is my mom was more pissed about the backpack than she was about the, the locket because she was like, oh, that's an L.L. Bean backpack. That has a lifetime warranty, you idiot. And I was like, mom, I'm having an existential crisis. I just threw grandma away. So, you know, I mean, I wore it. I just like as a five-year-old or five-year-old, as someone in fifth grade, I didn't fully understand the implications of death. So ashes freaked me out. Out, you know like, I mean, okay yeah yeah see i think it's very touching like i would i would i th- I would wear it yeah absolutely um hair no no Mm-mm. i don't know nope. something about hair like, that's too far right if somebody was like here's a bracelet with your dead relative's hair i'd be like thanks but no thanks thank you i'm gonna put this in my backpack and throw my whole backpack out later <laughs> <laughs> and oh i feel like oh i know that oh that makes me so sad for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I made the decision, and I shouldn't have. And I remember, like, wanting to go back to the school and, like, fish the backpack out. And I didn't. And, like, I felt so fucking bad. But, like, you know, it happens. You live and you learn. Um, still love my grandmother I with my you, whole heart. You <laughs> said what? I can't believe you threw your backpack out, like, at school on the last day of school. Yeah, I thought it was, like a new beginning because like i was moving to middle school and i was like fuck this backpack did everybody do that no but my backpack had a lizard on it and i thought that was stupid at the time even though i would love a lizard backpack now so i was like i'm not a kid anymore so i threw my backpack out yeah you're so camp (laughs) (laughs) yeah uh my sister still has hers it's red and it has a lizard on it and i think it's the coolest thing ever so i wish i wouldn't throw the (laughs) have thrown the backpack out you know that's just where I'm at. Wow. If I threw my backpack out, I know we're getting off topic so much, but I, 
if I threw my backpack out at school before I got home, like, would be sent to the dungeon. Oh, no, I was in a lot of trouble. <laughs> yeah, I got in a lot of trouble for that one. Um, and then I think my mom felt bad for me because I was crying about the, like, existentialism Grandma. of yeah. throwing my grandmother away. Um, right. So I think I she let it go. I one day you find it. Yeah, I hope so, too. I think so one too. day you'll find it. Except I don't think Molly, who is my sister, for those of you who, who don't know, um, I don't think Molly has hers either, and I don't Grandma? know where that went. So oh. she probably it's lost okay. hers Grandma's as well. with you. Yeah, 100%. I have seen people put um, ashes in tattoo ink, and that is something that I would not do. I would not do that either. That, mm. that freaks me out. Yeah, it doesn't freak me out. It's more of like a hygiene thing, and I'm sure that there yeah. are safe ways to do it, but I think I would have a panic... Like, I would get drunk one night and have a panic attack and be like, yep, what's in my arm? Like, I can't do that. I like, think <laughs> since we're on this topic, I guess we can also kind of talk about... So if you don't know, Charlie and I met working at Build-A-Bear, mm-hmm. mm. and mm-hmm. we have... There was multiple, multiple instances that people buy a bear, and when they're getting it stuffed, they hand you a little baggie of their dead relative's ashes, and you have to stuff it in a bear. Yeah, that was not part of my entrance interview, and... Me neither. You know... And it's like... It's not something that anybody's like, oh, yeah, by the way, this happened. Like, it just happens. It does. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, there were some emotional moments at Build-A-Bear, especially that. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was, like, soldiers going going overseas and recording their voices for their kids before they leave. Extremely yeah. sweet and, like, sentimental. But here me and Carly, like, just babies, like, right out of yeah. school being like, Yes, please give me those dead ashes. Like, I don't... It, it's a lot. Yeah, and I'm like, and, uh, I mean, we're trained to be empathetic no matter what. But, like, at the same time, mm-hmm. you're really thrown off. And then at night, you definitely think about it later. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you're, so. in the moment, you're like, okay. And then you, like, sit back and you're like, wow, I, I just put a human in this bear. Yeah, and I feel like it adds... Um, I mean, like, obviously, we've worked in other places other than Build-A-Bear, and there's always people that come into, like, retail stores that are like, uh, my dog just died. And I'm like, okay, uh, it's, mm-hmm. like, 1530 or whatever the fuck it is. Like, you know, there's already those situations you have to navigate, and then when someone comes in with the purpose of being like, I want to memorialize this person, it's just, like, an added layer on there. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that... Yeah. <laughs> that yeah. Was- so I was just like, all right, so now that we're 15 minutes into this podcast, <laughs> mm-hmm. what do you have for us this week? I'm just going to jump right in. Uh, Go ahead. Yeah. So back in 2019, I was preparing to move from the coast to the middle of nowhere, Wyoming. At that time, I was working with build a like we just talked about with Carly, <laughs> but I would also moonlight as a tech in a small theater. We were putting on the production of The Tin Woman and had just wrapped up the winter season, and I was asked if I wanted to return for the next production, which had yet to be decided. It was then in the dark theater as we broke down wooden sets and talked about things we could have improved on in the final show. I told the cast that I would be moving to Wyoming and I wouldn't be around anymore. The director stilled and asked me where in Wyoming I would be, and I told her Laramie. This is when they collectively gasped and like scared the fuck out of me when they did this. 
um, it actually stopped me in my tracks. And I remember looking at them and I was completely confused because I wasn't a theater kid. I like to work with the lights and the sound and the tech and the coding behind theater. But I, you know, rarely paid attention to the show. And it was then that they informed me that there is a play called The Laramie Project. And um, it is very significant to the town that I currently live in. Um, and it, it's, it's a very sad story that I am going to talk about today because it is actually the anniversary of uh, this, this attack. So yeah, it was on October 12th in 1998. And it was quite possibly one of the most infamous hate crimes ever to be committed in the United States and actually oh, okay. in the I know world. what we're talking about now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So with that being said, before I get into the story of Matthew Shepard, I would like to give a few disclaimers. First of all, this is a hate crime against the queer community. So uh, please respect your triggers and your boundaries. If this isn't the episode for you, that is entirely understandable. In the description, I will be linking resources if you are struggling and looking for some guidance, as well as a link to the Matthew Shepard Foundation. And then um, secondly, I want to point out that I'm not far removed from this topic. Uh, I have lived in Laramie for the past five years. Um, I have very strong ties to the university that Matthew mm -hmm. Shepard attended. Um, I've been in the same bars that he's been in and I've walked the same streets. And I know people who personally went to high school with Matthew Shepard um, and who served on the police force at the time of his death. Uh, this episode is going to focus on the facts. And um, it, it I will say it's very weird to talk about a crime that happened like so close because I know we've talked about Heather Elvis before. Mm -hmm. um, We've also talked about Brittany Drexel, I believe. Have we touched on that one yet? I think we've mentioned her, but I don't think we've done a whole I, episode. We've mentioned her. I don't think we did an episode. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's weird because I live in the town, uh, the very infamous Asia Degree case. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's, I haven't talked about it because it's, you know, it's, it's hard to talk about something that it happened right in your backyard. Yeah, and you hear things, and I mean, we both live in small towns mm -hmm. now, so, like, someone will bring up the name, they either have a hard stance on what happened, or they don't have a stance mm -hmm. at all, and that's Especially kind of... Especially something like what you're about to talk about, too. Yeah, it was it was massive. So, um, again, please respect your triggers. It's a yes. very, very infamous, but very violent case, so... Um, and um, we are a safe space here at Costa Gosa yes, as well. Yes, absolutely. So yes 100 percent. you can message us we've we, talked about we this you yes. can message us yes. but yes we love all of you yeah he's struggling um we can't do much but we are here to listen but, yeah <laughs> yes and we can give you the proper resources oh, or yes. send you the proper resources but yes we are safe space here at coast to coast Want more mystery? Coast to Ghost is currently in its third season, and to check out our old episodes, you can always click on the link in the description to get to our website. Follow us on Instagram at C2G Podcast, where we post photos from each bizarre case that we cover. And don't forget to leave a review if you listen on Spotify or Apple Music.
On December 1st, 1976, Matthew Shepard was born in Casper, Wyoming to Dennis and Judy Shepard. It was here that he went to school until his junior year. Dennis and Judy later moved the family to Saudi Arabia, and Matthew ended up completing his education in Switzerland um, because there wasn't like a grade school in Saudi Arabia. So he uh, oh. attended like just it's a really cool boarding place. school. Yeah, it was kind of like a boarding school. Despite the travel, Matt returned to his home state of Wyoming for school and enrolled in the University of Wyoming. People described Matt as extremely empathetic and kind. He was easy to talk to and could strike up conversation with anyone. Matt was open from day one about his sexuality and his passion for equality, leading to his choice of political science as his major. During his time at UW, he was even chosen as a student representative for the Environmental Council, which is kind of a big deal. It's a it's a big, big part mm-hmm. of the school. Mm-hmm. So, however, Matt's life was not without struggle. In 1995, when he was on a school trip to Morocco, Matt was attacked and assaulted, which led to a myriad of panic attacks and depression. It was theorized that while in Laramie, Matt turned to drugs and was hospitalized multiple times for clinical depression and suicidal thoughts. His mother is very open about this, by the way. Um, we'll touch okay. more on the Matthew Shepard Foundation, but she is very open about mental health and yeah. um, Good. the effects it can have on a person. Yeah. And I like, I know what this case entails, but I don't actually know, like, the bigger picture mm-hmm. you know i guess not the bigger picture but like all the facts so oh absolutely yeah there's yeah. there's a lot that like i mm-hmm. mean it, there's a lot that that happens yeah on the night of october 6th 1998 matthew went to a bar located in downtown laramie laramie called the fireside lounge Matt was a regular here and was friendly with the bartender. A few moments after Matt arrived, so did two other men, Aaron McKinney and Russell Henderson. They bought a pitcher of beer and played pool for a little while. Um, It is, I don't, have you ever seen the Laramie Project? No. Uh, The bartender is a huge witness in the Laramie Project. I didn't see much about him in like the actual... uh, researching of the case i don't know if that was intentional or not uh but i remember one thing specifically is the bartender said he didn't forget um these two men because they paid for the pitcher of beer with dimes and quarters and that's something you remember like that's yeah that is that's like annoying yeah it is very annoying Not much is known about what was said and done within this time, but the bartender working that night recounted that he saw Matt leave with both Aaron and Russell, who offered to give him a ride home. Instead of taking Matt home, they took him to a rural area that was well past the edges of town. It was here that Matthew Shepard was subsequently beaten and pistol whipped by both Aaron and Russell. When Matt was on the brink of death, he was tied to a split rail fence with some clear wire before both men drove away and left Matt to die. Later reports would note that Matthew's skull was fractured and his face was covered in blood, save for the tracks that left tears down his cheeks. Um, It's a horrifying image. Uh, Yeah, it's very hard to hear. Yeah. Um, Laramie is very desolate. Um, once you, it's, it's so weird to say this, but once you get past Walmart, there is nothing like Walmart's on the edge of town and they drove past that into like just complete darkness, um, Mm -hmm. where you can see all of Laramie, but, uh, you can mainly just see the lights. You can see the stadium, uh, 
but it's so dark out here and so cold even in summer that it would literally be like drowning in nothingness like in that okay yeah it's it's hard to hear but like that's genuinely yeah what it is um you can see the lights for the airport which again is a huge part of the laramie project um they they really played into that for the actual like theater rendition of of what that was um which is again really hard to hear uh yeah the next morning, an 18-year-old cyclist by the name of Aaron Kreffels got turned around and stumbled across what he assumed was a scarecrow, but later noticed the blonde of Matt's hair and ran to the nearest home to call law enforcement. Matt was a fighter, and when Officer Reggie Flutie arrived at the scene, she detected a faint pulse. However, his mouth was impossible to open, and an ambulance was called to take Matt to Ivinson Memorial Hospital. Only hospital in town. Um... It was clear to the medical staff that this was far beyond their scope as they didn't have a trauma center within the out and within the hour Matthew was oh, transported wow. an hour away to Pruder Valley Hospital which is located in Fort Collins Colorado Matt had fractures on the back of his head and in front of his right ear there were major brainstem injuries and due to the temperature of the night he was suffering from hypothermia uh but at that time he was alive uh just in a coma which i i feel like a lot of people don't know i think a lot of people yeah think that he died uh that night on the fence which by all accounts he should have um but like i said he's a strong ass motherfucker like gives me chills yeah um For six full days, both Dennis and Judy Shepard remained at their son's bedside while the world took hold of the crime and it spread like wildfire. There were dozens of reporters and candle vigils were held. The Pruder Valley Hospital even appointed a spokesperson to keep the public informed on Matthew's condition, but unfortunately, he never regained consciousness. And at 12.53 a.m. on October 12, 1998, Matthew Shepard was pronounced dead at 21 years old. That is so sad. It is. It really is. So sad. Yeah. Um, Almost immediately, McKinney and Henderson were arrested and charged with attempted murder and kidnapping. But once Matthew succumbed to his injuries, the charges were upgraded to first-degree murder, meaning that they were eligible for the death penalty. There Mm -hmm. was no question about who did this. Uh, the witnesses yeah with the witnesses the bartender and then um a couple doctors in ivinson memorial hospital were actually treating matthew and making sure he was he was okay to like be transported to pruder valley um and in the next room they were treating uh mckinney for for fight injuries like his fists were were messed up obviously um because of like the amount of brutality he used against matthew that's ugh yeah. Also arrested in the connection to the crime were the girlfriends of McKinney and Henderson. It was Kristen Price and Chastity Paisley. They were considered accessories after the fact as they knew about the crimes and attempted to obstruct justice. Both men claimed that the crime had nothing to do with Matthew's sexuality and they had simply identified him as a target for robbery. Henderson stated that he pretended to be gay in order to lure Matthew back to his truck. McKinney stated during the hearing that Matthew placed his hand on the inside of his knee, and that triggered an anger that led to Matthew's assault. So, like, I think (laughs) them saying it was not 
based off of his sexuality. It was just robbery, like, but everything that they're saying after it, like, just shows that it was. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah, like, they're saying, it, oh, it's it was. not that. Um, but, you know, they but, use some very colorful language in their initial interview tapes. Uh, with right. law enforcement, very colorful language that I'm I'm sure was was more used in Laramie at in 1999, but still not excusable, not acceptable. Mm-mm. Like you know, it, it it's insane, and they there it was definitely like a a crime that was motivated because of Matthews because of his sexuality. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Yeah, like I said, uh, living in this town, I've heard a lot of things. Uh, it's either sure. drugs or sexuality, um, but there's no nothing really supporting the drug the drug thing. But that's right. you right. know that's this rumor, so I'm not gonna get too into it. Um, it was stated by lead detective Bren Fritzen that Kristen Price said McKinney was triggered by how he felt about gays. McKinney showed little remorse during his interrogations and, like I said, threw multiple slurs into the answers. And on August, or April 5th, 1999, Russell Henderson pleaded guilty to being an accessory after the fact to first-degree murder. He agreed to testify against McKinney to avoid the death penalty and was subsequently sentenced to two life sentences. Again, at Henderson's trial, the defense team argued that Matt was not targeted because of sexuality. The judge did not give a fuck, uh, is is all I can say. The judge was like, are you kidding me? That's your defense? Right, like, got it. Yeah. Um, So, like, you're saying you killed him, but not because of this reason exactly and they're like right, oh like, okay well if not this reason then what was the reason what are you doing and they just right. kept saying robbery robbery but no one believed it obviously like right it was it was the whole thing so mckinney's defense at his trial in november of 1999 uh claimed that the man went into temporary insanity following unwanted sexual advances again oh. the judge had nothing of it um and did not accept and this also- defense what pisses me off about that is um they're gonna say it was robbery but i did pretend like that like to i did try to like lure him out based off of sexuality Mm -hmm. like yeah right like yeah it's uh it's it's real fucked up it's real fucked up that they're trying to backtrack now even though they're like oh you know i don't really care about sexuality i just you know they can do what they want but he came on to me and i'm like dude right like as you were pretending to be like a gay man exactly yeah right um, like like if you're gonna put yourself in that position like right you know what i mean like it's just like i don't know listening to it their defense is just shit it is shit. shit and like you know what even if that was your intention of like oh yeah i do want to rob this guy that's still not good defense. Like, what? No. Did they you beat the shit out of him? Did they take any? Did they actually take anything from him? Uh, his shoes uh, were, were found in the truck. It was just his shoes. So they left him barefoot no, out there, and it no literally wallet, is cold. nothing like that. Um, I think maybe they took his pants. So I'm assuming that the wallet was in there. Um, but I didn't right, see anything about uh them taking anything else. Yeah, I think they got um. Like, spooked is what they said it's like oh yeah you know we beat the shit out of him and then we freaked out and we left 
but like he was Ugh. still alive at that point if they had just brought him to right. a hospital he would have right probably survived alive, but yeah. add in the extra hypothermia so mm-hmm. it's it just you know it's horrible yeah yeah um mckinney was also sentenced to two life terms like fully and he does not have the possibility of parole I will say that both of them were in Rollins prison, which uh, me and Carly were actually talking about before <laughs> before we started filming right, this. Yeah. And we did we did do an episode about yes, we did the, an episode about the first prison. Um, they have updated it since that episode, um, and it, you know it's currently still still there. But due to overcrowding, they've both been separated and shipped to different prisons. Don't know where. Don't care to know where. As long as they're both still right. locked up, you know. Um. So a few things happened in Laramie and Casper following Matt's death. During his funeral in Casper, Fred Phelps, a so-called priest, led the Westboro Baptist Church in a protest with signs that stated, Matt in hell and the infamous God hates fags. Um, Oh, my God. Yeah, I don't know. Based on Carly's reaction, I know that she's seen stuff about the Westboro Baptist Church. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I've seen stuff about the Westboro Baptist Church. They're pieces of shit. We know they're pieces of shit. Fuck them. Yeah. And to show up to someone's funeral, ridiculous. You know, and Casper's mm-hmm. not a big town. It's not. So, you know, at this point you have like, I think 200 people showed up to the funeral and you have sides protesting. You have the Westboro Baptist Church who are protesting you know queer people in general and then you have people who love and support matt who are just trying to grieve and right you like, know it's it's not an easy situation and it's horrible yeah and if yeah that just shows ugh, ugh. yeah he's a piece of shit i hate him um i hope he burns in hell so you know (laughs) um fred phelps also showed up at the trials of mckinney and henderson this time however matt's friend uh like a really close friend of matt her name is romaine peterson dressed herself and a group of uw students up in white robes with gigantic wings that resembled angels Romaine and the group circled Fred Phelps and stifled his protesting. Despite this, both Judy and Dennis still had to suffer through anti-gay rhetoric being directed towards them. Um, This is called angel action, and Romaine is extremely brave for doing this. Anybody who showed up is extremely brave for doing this, especially in Wyoming. Um, The Albany County Courthouse is extremely small uh and and this happened right in front we'll you know we'll post pictures of it because there are pictures Mm -hmm. of them encircling fred phelps uh this happened recently this happened in 1999 there are photos right um which hits all the harder in my opinion yes yes yeah um judy shepherd actually worked as an advocate for the lgbtq plus rights following her son's death in december of 1998 both she and dennis founded the matthew shepherd foundation which fosters a safe place for queer teens by providing resources and support at different events uh that's so amazing yeah judy and dennis actually still travel around the country and and they'll like give speeches um mainly to to high schoolers that are are about to go into the world and that's awesome yeah they're they're fantastic people and like i said we'll link their website but um matthew shepherd's death made the world think about hate crimes and after Mm -hmm. multiple attempts to change the laws relating to the only bill 
that has been established for hate crimes. In June of 2009, the Matthew Shepard Act was adopted, and now the definition of a hate crime extends past race and goes over sexual orientation, gender identity, and disability. And then um, recently, on the 25th anniversary of Matthew Shepard's death, President Biden addressed the public stating, Today, as threats and violence targeting the LGBTQ plus community continue to rise, our work is far from finished. No American should face hate or violence for who they are and who they love. Um, and that is the story of Matthew Shepard. That's a hard one to hear. I'm sure it's yeah. especially hard for you to discuss like oh because i'm gay is that i'm kidding no no i'm I'm kidding i'm kidding sorry (laughs) i mean but you like living in laramie yeah and in that community as well i'm sure it's it's i'm uh, sure not much has really changed in laramie you know (laughs) it actually has it's very it's scary because even before this happened laramie was considered one of the more um liberal towns in wyoming oh really yeah uh which is really weird to say but since there is a school here since there's a college it's all college students um i mean when matthew was killed there was an lgbtq plus friendly club on campus like he had just joined it Uh, you know it's just like laramie is always seen as um a place that is intolerable and they're working on it but i will say i feel safer here than i did in south carolina which is saying a lot i love that yeah yeah yeah. i love that it's i mean um what spurred this and what spurred this research because i hadn't really looked into it of course i'd heard the rumors my tattoo artist went to school with um with matthew shepherd and that was kind of insane like we talked about it for a while because you know i'm sitting there for eight nine hours a day Mm -hmm. um but yeah it's just like it's weird to hear things and uh, a friend took me to the laramie project to go see it and it was on campus and i had never like looked into the story i had never heard anything about it i'd never seen the play and the play is like fairly simple it's just people sitting on the stage and um it's about this group called the tectonic i forget they're basically like a tectonic play group and people just refer to them as tectonic so um they they came in right after Matthew was killed and they interviewed a ton of people and they wrote that into the play. Um, oh, wow. So the bartender's in it. Um, McKinney's dad's in it. Like a, a bunch of stuff is in it and like a, a wow. straight cut and dry response like that Matthew Shepard's father read at the end of the sentencing, um, which I should say they, I should have actually mentioned this earlier, but they were going to put McKinney to death and Matthew Shepard's father said, you don't have to do that because Matthew wouldn't want it. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he said it in the most heartbreaking way possible. Uh, he, I, when I tell you I sobbed, I mean it. Like I, I was, I'm sure. I, was I can't even imagine. Yeah, like, and when I got there, because I was just like, okay, yeah, we're just going to play tonight, whatever. Um, when I got there, they were like, by the way, since this is the 25th anniversary, the actual members of the Tectonic Theater are here to perform it. And we were like, 
Wow. Okay. Cool. Nice. Great. Love it. Sobbing. Like, Emotions. Yeah. yeah. It was It was a lot. Um, and before the show, they had a moment of silence for uh, people who were too afraid to, well, not too afraid, who don't currently have a safe space to be who they truly are. Um, right. And they had resources afterwards and a whole talk with the cast and the crew. Mm-hmm. And it was just a, a very beautiful moment. And Laramie has come a very, very long way. And they still have a very, very long way to go. But um, and it's very sad that this happened. I am glad that mm-hmm. they got some changes to the hate crime bill yeah, that's, yeah. made. Like, that is yeah. intense. Um, this whole case is intense, so sorry to bum you guys out, mm-hmm. but I mean, living here, it's, it is, yeah. it's insane. It's insane to it's know. It's important, though. It's it's very important. So. Yeah, 100%. And like being this close up to it and seeing it and like people, people in Laramie are like, oh, my God, the Laramie Project sucks. They like portrayed us in a bad way. Maybe you were just bad people. People, Did you think right, about that? Yeah, like, like, right. They didn't. Put, they're just, yeah, yeah. Uh, but like we said earlier, we are a safe space. So uh, Charlie will link some resources, helpful resources, in the description if you are looking for help. Um, but we love everybody, no yes. matter who you are. One hundred percent. So if you want to listen more of us too check out our website we'll post pictures related to um this episode and all of our other episodes uh it'll take you to our social media sites that also do the same but thank you for listening say spooky and we love everybody we do (laughs) 